Hey everyone, welcome to the Travel Lounge podcast with myself, Ed Finn. And myself, Sarah Slattery. So this week on the Travel Lounge, we're going to be talking about green lists and European protocols and a wee bit about some staycations that myself and Sarah went on um, not too far from home. Sarah, how are you? I'm great, Ed. Great, great to be back talking to you again. <laughs> no, I know some things haven't changed. I haven't, we haven't been on in a couple of weeks, but there's still a little bit more uh, confusion with our green list. As much as we finally got an update, I think it was the 4th of August since it's been updated before, and we finally got it updated last week, but um, it's a kind of a different system again now. So what do you make of it? Yeah, it's funny. I don't know if you saw the funny, did you see Ryanair put up a, a, on their jobs page yesterday, um, student intern wanted to to maintain Irish green list. Did you see that they put up I this did. hilarious spoof job? It was very, very funny. But um, it wouldn't be funny if it wasn't almost true. But yeah, I find again, um, just I'm getting a lot of people just frustrated. I mean, a lot of people that had booked holidays um, when things were completely normal for Italy, I mean, you know, Italy down to it's only just 30 something very low, much lower than our 67 rate at the moment. And people having, you know, consciences again and like terrified to go against government advice. So their lovely holidays to Italy all cancelled and Greece. I mean, Greece the same. I heard Mike Murphy, our famous The Likes of Mike on with um, Brendan O'Connor the other day. He's talking about his new podcast with John Banville, the author and he was so annoyed that he had booked a lovely trip to Italy and had to cancel it you know and Irish people are so kind of conscientious and really don't go against government advice but I think they're getting very frustrated because it's just not making sense you know we're at 67 other countries like for example you know Italy and other countries at this low figure and you're safer there than you are here and yet I can't understand the thinking behind it. I mean, I know we all want to be safe and, you know, but things are, things have changed. And as well, Sarah, the whole lockdown in Dublin, I mean, you know, I have, I live in an apartment block here in Dublin city centre. And there was like, as last night, all last week, there's house parties going on and there's 15, 20 people on balconies and there's, the guards were called to one of them. They arrived they talked to the guy who owns the apartment. They left and there wasn't one person left. So they're all eating. They're all drinking there. There's no protocols like there is in restaurants. So one would be forgiven for thinking, you know, what is going on here? There's no sense to it. I know. And it, it's it's getting so, the numbers are getting scary now, in fairness. And it's it's really, really difficult to understand how, we add, I think I've just checked the latest figures. I think it's 68 um, per 100,000 cases in Ireland today. And, and yet we, you know, we can travel to Greece or Italy, which are, are less than half of our number. Um, the way that the, the new system has worked, the new green list work, is that um, we can only travel to countries with a, an incident rate um, or an infection rate of 25 per 100,000 uh, people. Um, yeah. anything, over, anything over that we have to quarantine on our return now yeah. I, I mean Michal Martin on the radio the other day saying I mean not just you know you can't like what is the point of bringing out a green list I heard him saying just two days ago the, the, the advice is we don't want you to travel anywhere so I mean 
is is the advice we don't want you to travel anywhere or so what is the point in green countries and all these figures i i, I mean it does it's completely again still you know the, the the overall advice is you're not to travel anywhere but if you do have to travel he was saying only for business or essential services there you can only go to these greenest countries you know i mean it doesn't make any sense at all yeah no that 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 seems to be changed um all right initially when they came out last tuesday and said they were going to revise the green list and they were going to uh, keep it in line with it, with the european model but I think since our cases have risen so dramatically over the last week, they now have changed the advice and they are now telling us not to travel unless, as you say, for, for business or essential purposes. So um, really, there, there, there actually was really no point in updating the green list really at this stage, I think, um, if we're not supposed to travel there. And in fairness, even last week, it was updated to seven countries. But from today, only four of those countries. Um, so that's less than a week since it's... Um, less than a week since it's been updated, only four of those countries are actually below the, the number of 25 per 100,000. The rest have actually creeped over that number now. What does Frankfurt Airport have um, that we don't have here in Ireland? Why can you get a, when I, if I land in Frankfurt Airport, I can ask for a COVID test and I can have a result in two hours. They take my details. I have friends who did it recently and they got a free COVID test on arrival. It was all fine. And they got a text message to say that their, their test was negative. They were allowed to leave the airport, um, which I'm not sure how that works, but they were, there was no charge. And within two hours, they were tested. So, I mean, we've been saying since March, why in the name of God are you not testing people in airports? Why, why are we not doing this here? And they're doing it in Copenhagen and other countries. I just, again, I'm, you know, the airport here seems to be worried more about bringing in new parking charges rather than, you know, the actual real problem, which is COVID-19. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand the, the lack of testing. I think that's going to be probably one of our biggest um, mistakes, the lack of testing in ports and airports, really from the start, even just the fact that people can come in from high risk countries and, and always have have been able to do that. So I, 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 I thought uh, it was mentioned a couple of weeks ago that we were going to be looking at testing. I thought we would at least be testing people from high risk countries. I was really surprised that uh, nothing was mentioned in that last week at all, because it seems to me like it's the only way forward for for travel, uh, you know, particularly whether our cases are are remain high or whether we get down lower. I think it's going to get to the stage that there's, there's going to be testing everywhere. So I don't really understand what the delay is in, in implementing it here in our airport. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I mean, is there any chance that you could get on the task force or who are, who, who advises the government? Is there any equivalent of NEFIT that could advise the government about travel that actually would make some sense and, and actually have an effect? Because I, it's so frustrating, you know, I really think it's really frustrating at this stage. Well, there is actually, the, the government did appoint an aviation task force and they did submit from now a while a while back, but they did submit two reports to government. But it's it's I think they just ignore them. I don't think they actually implemented anything that they suggested at all. Um, and and you know, they, sure they said they were going to follow the the European model, which is at the moment it's countries lower than fifty per hundred thousand would would require quarantining or testing. But they, although they said they were going to go follow the the European model, they came out with this number of twenty five uh, per hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which as we know there's so few countries only actually uh four or five countries on that list now so uh yeah i I don't understand they seem they they, the government are saying they're going to do things but they just don't seem to be following through on it now i know that the actual the eu are working on this new system that will be announced on the 13th of october and uh, michael martin said that we were going to uh, or he broadly supports this system so i'm not really sure what broadly supports whether that means in every way or not whether they'll follow the 50 per 100,000 model um but we'll have to wait till mid october to find out what that is um yeah. and in the, in the meantime i suppose i mean i i it's probably not as um people are probably not talking about the green list as much because our cases are so high and they can't really travel anywhere anyway but yeah. um a month ago it was um when our numbers were really really low it was it was obviously really top of mind and it was uh, what travel agencies and people who wanted to travel were you know people not just holidays people wanted to go and see their family wanted to go to the UK the UK people wanted to come home so you know and and we sort of we delayed and delayed and delayed on it as I said it wasn't updated since the 4th of August and then it's come out and just coincidentally at a time when our numbers are so high that we've no choice really but to stay at home anyway yeah, um, there's a lot of people on social right. media I see on Facebook groups there Sarah, there's a lot of people saying they've booked their holidays too I saw particularly there Italy and Greece and they were saying you know why should we not be why should we not be okay to travel to a country that's le- half of the rate that we have here and they just said they have no they've no intention of cancelling their holiday and if they have to self-isolate they're just going to do it because there's like they're not going to lose 2000 euro on a holiday because you know going when they're going to a country that's like as i said half of the rate that we now have here yeah. so doesn't that mean they're safer there and in fact professor luke o'neill said during the week that they've now discovered the virus doesn't live at all long on surfaces and in fact the best um the best deterrent for it is actually ventilation systems yeah and they, they were just talking about this last week so that's so it's true about what they say about the air airlines and the flights and you know the ventilation system apparently that is really good for you know g- g- keeping the virus at bay so that's and the the the, the rate of infection from people flying is less than two percent he was saying so like this is real stuff and um people don't he was saying like people that are washing their groceries and all that he said don't even waste your time because it just doesn't live on surfaces they've discovered now um and again there's a lot of vaccines that are um you know they're saying almost you know um ready to to be um put into the public domain but anyway that's an interesting one i thought so he ventilation systems he was saying are very just goes to show again the continuing changes and the you know the thing they're discovering about this virus all the time we think one thing and then we're told another thing so that's the latest anyway from um from the expert on the whole thing well that's that's good to know that's interesting and i think you know i think there was a bit of a shift i think in people's attitudes to travel, I think the message was getting across that the cases were, I think 1.6% of all cases were travel related. And I think it was getting across. I just think it's just unfortunate that at the time when, you know, we did decide to to change the green list and people were kind of getting more comfortable with the idea of travel, that our numbers just um, coincidentally, you know, rocketed here so the idea of travel now you know people are you know Dublin is practically in lockdown you know so I think I think the the idea of travel it's just unfortunate 
at this time it's it's probably not we're probably not going to see much much happen this side of christmas i don't think I went to the, I hadn't been to the Wilder townhouse um, in, in Adelaide, on, on Adelaide Road there, which is a gorgeous, rather posh part of Dublin. I've heard w- it's lovely, actually. Yeah, Meadler. I've heard it's lovely. Yeah, it's beautiful. The tree-lined Adelaide Road. Now, it's really nice. It's a kind of a, it's a residence-only boutique townhouse, is what they call it. It's a member, it's a part of the Blue Book as well, of course, which, you know, has, which will let you know what kind of standards they have there. But it's beautiful. It's a real little hideaway in, in Stevens Green. And what was lovely about it, anyway, it's a stunning Victorian uh, red brick facade, right? And it has amazing history to it because it used to be, it was set up by the Church of Ireland in the 1800s as um, a retirement home for governesses who used to look after kids. And believe it or not, Sarah, they retired at 40. Now, oh, you God. having kids yourself, you probably loved that, wouldn't you? To be able yeah, to retire right. at 40. But um, it was funny because they retired at 40 at that stage, so the kids must have been very difficult to handle. But anyway, so they were... They had nowhere to go, and this was a very kind of forward thinking. And the Wilder, it was apparently a home for bewildered ladies, as was the word then. But Oscar Wilde also lived in Ireland at that time. So they also some talk about the fact that it could have been connected to his name. But over overall, it's probably the Wilder the wilder um from the bewilderment kind of thing but it was really it's a beautiful hotel and our as i said you know boutique townhouse i mean it's got i think 42 rooms and they they call the rooms after different governesses that were there like there's the lady audley room the lady jane and they've different types there as well and they've a gorgeous fabulous cocktail bar there and um, when I was there, there was a small wedding on. So the bar was open till two o'clock, in fact. So we had quite a nice little evening. Um, there's, a wonderful, there's a wonderful barman um, who do, who made this incredible cocktail from Wexford Gin, which is very good. Um, Newman is his name, and he's from Bangladesh, and he's a great character. But the whole team there, um, uh, uh, Barry and Alana, and the welcome was just phenomenal. It was just lovely. And it was like you were going to stay in someone's very posh house and um, just lovely. The breakfast was fabulous. I mean, the breakfast was there, and I had it on the terrace because it was lovely and sunny. And there's a beautiful garden, like landscape terrace that you can sit outside as well. And it was just a little oasis away. And then very nearby, just 15 minutes, is was the new Moli Museum, um, M-O-L-I, the Museum of Literature of Ireland, which is brilliant. And they have a great restaurant. They do fabulous, really good priced lunches. Amazing carrot cake I had there, right? It's Dominique Kemp is involved with it. So I know Dominique knows her carrot cake. So this was fabulous. And... They have a beautiful garden that backs into the Ivy Gardens, so you can walk in and out of the Ivy Gardens going in to Moley. But the whole history of, you know, from James Joyce to, you know, all our famous writers, and you it's interactive. There's books. You can learn so much. But it's a gorgeous um, day. Now, the museum is closed at the moment just for a few weeks, I think, with this current situation. But the gardens and the, the gift shop, and the, it's just a gorgeous place to go. You can actually join it, Sarah, for 50 euros for a year. Um, and you can go in and out anytime you want to the museum. It's really, really nice. So I, I thought that was great. And then I treated myself to Le Crivain. I had I hadn't been there for years. And Sally Ann Clark and Derry Clark, of course, um, they've been running Le Crivain for I don't know how many years. It's a you know it's an institution and it's closing in December. Um, so yeah. for anybody who wants to you know get get in to have a nice experience there, we had an amazing. Um, Michelin star tasting menu. It was. It wasn't cheap. Now it was. It's eighty five pounds per person, 
but it is worth it. It's just an amazing dining experience. And of course, everything is done properly. They've got screens, you know, they've just got, they've nailed it in terms of the whole social distancing. And you still felt it was, I mean, it was quite packed. Every table was was full and um, you still, I mean, you were totally safe, but it was just wonderful. And the food was amazing. Chicken parfait. I mean, you have to try the chicken parfait if you go there. It's just like you. you I was talking about it for about a week afterwards, but it's just super. And Sally Ann welcomed us with a glass of bubbles, and it was super. And to just to have a staycation in your own um, city was great. And the other one, just quickly, that I did, sir, which was very near, it's actually beside Moley, Staunton's on the Green. I went oh. there uh, just uh, the end of July. And I stayed there and it was also fantastic. Again, same style kind of booty townhouse. They have an amazing garden. They have rooms with little outdoor patios, which is lovely. So perfect for the whole social distancing thing. And then they have a garden, which is like a really big garden. Again, backs into the Ivy Gardens as well, but absolutely beautiful. And it's it, the, they've, they've it landscaped and all these gorgeous plants. And again, a nice little bar inside in the evening when you come in. And that was great. And we went, I, that night I went off to Susie Street, John Healy's place, and we had a lovely dinner there. And he has an outdoor terrace actually as well at the back, which is great. So that's still in operation. But again, just that lovely, um, you know, a nice place. And I'm talking, Sarah, like the Wilder and Sons, you're talking 159 for two people with two welcome cocktails and the full Irish breakfast. So, you know, and I think it might be even better value coming up, but that's the rates that they were doing for autumn and just fabulous value. Yeah, the value is 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 incredible. Um, I I write a couple of uh, deals, posts, and stuff on my website, and I actually, I mean, I'm looking at them, and I can't believe it every time I'm see, you know, I'm seeing how cheap the hotels are, and it's obviously they're suffering, and they and they need our support. But I think it, particularly now, if there is an issue, you know, with 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 restaurants and dining out, and we can't leave the county, I think it's a great thing to do is to book an overnight stay in a hotel and have and have your meal and wake up and have that nice breakfast in the morning and you know you feel like you've been away uh we haven't really stayed over yeah but we have done a lot of day trips in dublin um over the last couple of weeks uh we had a gorgeous walk along the canal and um we went and had lunch in the marker the rooftop in the marker hotel which um like it was incredible you know how um, it was a really beautiful sunny day, but you know how hard it is to get a reservation on the rooftop in the marker normally. Um, yes, I yeah. literally rang that an hour beforehand, and I said, "I don't suppose you have a table." And like there was God, I mean, it was a sad in a way. There was so few people there, but now it did start. We 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 got there, I think, about three o'clock, and it did start to get busy from about five, just as we were leaving. Mm. But it was gorgeous afternoon. We'd a uh, lovely meal, very reasonable and just gorgeous views and uh, no issues, obviously, with with social distancing or anything like that. And um, it just a nice like it was a nice for a family in the afternoon. And then I suppose about five or six kind of most of the couples are, are were, were arriving. But um, it was it, it, now is the kind of time you will get uh, seats in like popular places like that. Another thing we did was. Um, 
we went to Kilmainham Jail, which I know is, is probably closed right now, but I assume it'll be opening up again in a couple of weeks. But I hadn't got, I hadn't visited Kil- Kilmainham Jail for years. They, they let you out, did they? Oh my God. It was <laughs> so moving. Now I have to say, I, I yeah, like. It is. It's, it's the one thing I always tell oh, people when they come it. to Dublin. I when They ask me, oh, about the Guinness Townhouse. And they're all great. I say to them, do not miss Kilmainham Jail if you want to understand Irish history and the relationship between the Irish and the British and the English because when you all those young guys that were killed there you know and they were all you know the whole history there is it really it it really is you know it really brings it home to you and it's a fabulous the way they've done it is brilliant and you see where they were you know where they were executed and it's quite stoic the whole thing. Oh, absolutely, and and I think they normally have thirty five. The guide the guided tour is normally thirty five with thirty five people, and um, for COVID, it's down to ten people. So it's it's really personal. Like actually, there was only eight of us. There was my, our family of four and another family. So it was very personal. Like you know, you really kind of listened to every word the guide said. You know, you were right there beside him. And uh, yeah, it was extremely moving. And I kind of forgot how, how cool Kilmainham Kamel- Kamel- um, was. You know, the yeah. um, we walked down to the Memorial Gardens then afterwards and it's gorgeous uh, walks around there. The UCD rowers were rowing up and down the, the canal and um, yeah. the gardens are beautiful and everyone was out having picnics. And actually, it was just really nice kind of all around there. And as I said, you, sometimes you kind of forget what's on your doorstep. Um, and, it, you know, it doesn't have to be the 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 famous, um, you know, the some of the places that you might typically go to. But as I said, we, we've had some really, really nice days out in Dublin and we've gone for it. There was lovely, went for something to eat directly across in the Hilton, directly across from Kilmainham uh, Jail afterwards. And I kind of think it's nice to get out and do an activity, whether it's a walk or a museum or whatever, and then go for something to eat. And like, you kind of feel like you've been away or you've been out for the day. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think a lot of people are, are doing that. I mean, again, it's very smart because it's it's something people don't really think about, as you said there. Um, and it's it's really interesting because when you actually do it, it's funny, isn't it? You When you're in a nice hotel like that, like I experienced there, and you're in a nice place. And I mean, I said I stayed over and it was just such a treat. Um you can be anywhere, actually. You know, you it, it, you know, you're still, you're still. It's still a change of scenery, so you're still, you're not at home. You're, I know, you're not in uh, the south of France, but you know, you're in. I mean, as I said to you, I was in the leafy suburbs of Adelaide Road, and I kind of felt, you know, you kind of feel quite um, special or something. You know, it's kind of nice. You feel like you're treating yourself, and it's a, it's very good. And at the moment with everything so taxing and, you know, with our mental health being, you know, pushed to its limits, I think it's a very, very good thing to do because at least it gives you a sense that you're um, you're living some kind of a life, you know, as opposed to this constant fear of, you know, be going here, there or whatever, you know, but it's a, it's a lovely thing to do, I think. Yeah, and, and um, we, we seem to be getting a little bit of an Indian summer at the moment as well. So um, it's nice to kind of get out and about and... Uh, uh, enjoy it. Uh, like we we went we did the Hoth Cliff Walk um a couple of weeks ago and it was I forgot it. I mean it was absolutely spectacular. Again, now we were probably really lucky with the weather, and and then we went for a bite to eat in Church Street, a nice restaurant there. They have a couple of outdoor tables there as well, 
And um, again, it was like, you know, I felt like we were away for the day. It was really, really nice. And again, it's something you can do if you live in Dublin. It's, it's you know, within the Dublin boundaries, um, which is yeah. great. So, you know, you can go from, uh, you kind of tend to forget how far we can go. And even just a bit of the, the glimpse of the sea, a bit of the coast, you kind of get that feeling that you're away. Absolutely. I mean, like um, Bull Island and Dolly Mount Strand is absolutely fantastic as well when the weather is nice. I've, I cycle out there a lot on the lovely cycle path, all you know, all out to Clontarf. That's brilliant as well. And I think that's definitely something well worth doing. And when the weather has been like it is, it's it's a great, it's a fantastic thing to do as well. But I think for autumn break, I'm hopefully when the when the numbers again are sort of under control, um, it'll be lovely because there's some there's going to be some fabulous. I mean, aut- I know you did a lovely feature on on autumn breaks on your on your travel expert website but there's going to be some amazing deals out there for the autumn and uh, people are going to be able to experience five-star luxury at prices they would never have thought possible before exactly and then if you, you can take advantage of the the government stay and spend scheme as well and so if you spend 625 euros you can get 125 back per person so if you have a couple you can get 200 euros 250 euros back um as a tax refund and i think what a lot of people don't realize is you don't have to spend that in one go you know you can you know eat out um once the restaurant and the hotel are registered for the scheme you know you can eat out one week and spend 100 euros one week and spend 100 euros the next week and you just upload your receipts to the app um so you don't have to spend it on one particular trip. You can spend it on lots of different day trips. And, um, you know, once you get to that 625, in fact, you don't even have to get to the 625 euro figure. You can just claim 20% back um, as a tax refund. But that's that's valid from October to April. So, is, you know, is there you a lot of red spend. tape? Is there a lot of form filling? One thing I was experienced recently, Sarah, when I was up north, eat out to help out. And it was such an easy, wonderful scheme. Now, they're still continuing it on, actually. Um, if anyone's going up to Northern Ireland and you literally, when you went to pay your bill, you literally got a massive discount there and then done. I just, I like the idea of the stay and spend and stay, but I just, this idea, idea filling in forms and getting tax back, you know, the way they did it up in the North was brilliant. You just, you know, when you paid, you got your money and you got, and there was 2.5 million meals um, uh, spent as a result of the scheme. Amazing. Yeah, no, th- there's no doubt about it. The Northern Ireland one was very simple um, and it was very, and what I, what is great for it is that it applied to everybody. You don't have to be a taxpayer. So if you're, if you're not earning or you're a pensioner or you're not paying tax, um, it didn't matter. It would still apply to you. Yeah. And Sarah, that website you have there, that's really, really good. Um, what's that one? The ECDC, is it? That's the yeah. one that's for people that want to check numbers if they're, if yeah. they're obsessed with numbers like we all are. Yeah, it's the European Centre for Disease Control, ecdc.europa.eu. And it shows the cases are updated every day. Um, And you can see it's usually, they're usually updated about 11, 12 o'clock. And uh, you can see today Ireland is at 68.2. And as per our green list that only came into effect yesterday, there were seven countries on it. There is now only four and um it doesn't germany, make any sense germany has just gone over uh poland is creeping up there so yes i'm predicting three 
uh, Latvia, Cyprus, and Finland on next week's green list. So it's like we'll a draw now. for the World. Like a draw yeah. for the World Cup. Yeah, we start. I should go down to Paddy Powers now and have a few have a few bob on it. Yeah, and I see you're right. I see Finland there, which is a place I love and went for over the years skiing and doing everything there. Helsinki, Helsinki is beautiful. They're only at thirteen, which is terrific. Yeah. So I mean, I'm that's a, that's a great. Hoping to go to Lapland this year. I'm hoping. I know someone who was going to work recently, a job over in um, in one of the countries that wasn't on the green list, and he was he was practically going to the airport dressed as Cher, you know, in a in a wig and a, a dark sunglasses. <laughs> he was terrified that the Stasi was going to arrest him or something, you know. It's like it's like God, but he managed to he managed to get safely over. But he's yeah, and then he just had to self isolate when he got back. But you know, um, it's kind of weird, really, the whole thing. You know, it's just so scary. Like it, he felt he was you know, running the gun or like getting escaping some war-torn country or something but anyway but listen Sarah we'll try and be positive and you know um it's been as I said it's been lovely to sit down again and uh, it's it's hard sometimes to actually find enough stuff to talk about without going on again about ad nauseum about this whole thing But and we look, so we'll 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 keep we'll keep flying the flag anyway. And um, the travel lounge has outside dining, by the way, for any um for anyone that wants to join us on our next episode, we've got we've outside dining for fifteen people here in the travel lounge. So there's no problem, Sarah. No curfews. No curfews. Thank you for listening to the Travel Lounge podcast with myself, Ed Finn, and myself, Sarah Slattery. Edited and produced by our award-nominated producer, Martin Flannery. You can follow Ed on at EdFinTravel and myself, Sarah, on at TravelExpert underscore IE on Twitter. And you can contact us with your travel question to info at thetravellounge.ie. So please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. It's available on all podcast platforms and you can leave a nice review as well. All the best. Bye.